Welcome to Tanakh Daily, a Congregation Ahavas Torah initiative. Today, we are studying the eighth parak of Sefer Malachim, which describes the inauguration of the Beis HaMikdash. The parak is long, and it can feel as you're reading through it like it's somewhat meandering, but if you take a step back, you'll recognize that it actually has a very tight structure. In fact, it has a chiastic structure. It opens with a description of a ceremony, then a blessing, then a prayer, then a blessing, then a ceremony. So it's a perfect ABCBA, the very center, the core, and the largest unit being the prayer offered by Shlomo. Let's very quickly just consider each of these units. We open with the ceremony. Ceremony is, of course, Shlomo gathering up the leaders of the nation to accompany the Aron from Ir David to the Beis HaMikdash. And as they do this, we're told they give a great many karbanos. And that suggests to us that Shlomo has learned from David's first failed attempt to bring the Aron to Yerushalayim. As you may recall from Sefer Shmuel, on the first try, when David initially tries to bring the Aron to Yerushalayim, the procession is one that's uh, filled with instruments. It's a very boisterous procession, maybe a little bit too casual. And in the end, uh, that did not work out. In fact, it ends in tragedy. So then on David's second attempt to bring the Aaron to Yushalayim, it's a much more sober procession, which is marked by uh, stopping all along the way for David to offer karbanos. And I think Shlomo's procession follows that same model. This is the model um, of David's second attempt, his successful attempt, and demonstrates that Shlomo has learned from David's trial and error and ultimate success. The Aron is then brought into the Devir, it's brought into the innermost sanctum of the Beis HaMikdash, placed under the wings of the Kruvim, the Kohanim exit the Devir, and immediately the Anan, the cloud of glory, fills the base Hamikdash. And it's a scene that's, of course, reminiscent of the inauguration of the Mishkan. In both cases, when the, the cloud fills uh, the Mishkan or the base Hamikdash, it's an indication that Hashem has accepted this structure as the, uh, the, the Makom, uh, as the place where he will dwell, the place where his uh, Shrina, where his presence will dwell, whatever that exactly means. But it's a moment of great. Um, it's, it's a moment in which we, we breathe a little bit of a sigh of relief that, okay, everything, everything has, has, has worked, has been accepted, and it's a moment of, of validation uh, for, uh, for all those involved in building this Beis HaMikdash. It's also a moment of mass revelation, which, which is meant to evoke uh, the mass revelation of Harsinai, which was also marked by the Anan, by this cloud signifying Hashem's presence. In fact, Ramban uh, draws a, a very... Uh, robust comparison between the Beis HaMikdash, well, between the Mishkan and the Harsinai experience, that the Mishkan was meant to be this kind of portable uh, Harsinai experience. It's meant to constantly remind us and be a symbol of the covenant of Harsinai. And we have that once again captured in the inauguration of the Beis HaMikdash here in Sefer Malachim. So part one of the Perak is this ceremony, which is a, a sweeping success. And now we begin Shlomo's lengthy speech. It's a three-part speech. It opens with a blessing. Now, to be perfectly candid, the blessing, the, the Pasuk says in, in Pasuk Yudalid that Shlomo blesses the people. And what we would expect is that the content 
to follow would be the, the content of that blessing. And if that's the case, then we have this perfect ABCBA chiastic structure. In fact, it doesn't seem that the, the substance of this part of the parak is really the blessing. It seems like we don't actually get to hear the blessing because what we really get in this section is kind of a, uh, an introductory remark by Shlomo giving the background uh, of the Beis HaMikdash to all those assembled and explaining, giving the credit to David HaMelech, saying this is really David HaMelech's brainchild, that he was the one who wanted to build this, and uh, it's, it's being executed through me, through Shlomo, um, but this, is really, uh, this was really the, the product of David's vision. So Shlomo quite beautifully gives the credit to David, and he gives that as the kind of background information uh, for, uh, to, to frame uh, what comes next. But a very, very powerful statement, a very beautiful display of honor for his father. After that second unit, uh, we move on to the, the, the core of the parak, which is Shlomo's tefillah, Shlomo's prayer. And he starts by asking Hashem to honor his word to David, that his descendants, that David's descendants will be firmly established as the kings of Israel, so long as they follow in Hashem's statutes. So it begins by continuing that discussion, uh, reflecting on, on David and the covenant between Hashem and David. And then Shlomo really gets into the heart uh, of uh, of his tefillah, which in a certain respect also touches on the essence of the Beis HaMikdash and its function. Shlombo says, he asks, does Hashem really need a home? Right, That's really the million dollar question when it comes to the Beis HaMikdash. Uh, does Hashem actually need a home? Well, the answer is, of course not. Right, as, as Shlomo says, all of the heavens can't hold Hashem. Certainly this bias, this structure cannot truly Hold Hashem. So why do we have a Beis Hamikdash? And the answer that is uh, expressed uh, through the course of Shlomo's prayer is that it's really essentially a place for humans to direct their prayer. There is some assumption that this this is a place where uh, where Hashem is more likely to accept the prayers. There's a, there's an additional there's an added layer of focus or attention and sanctity to this place. But it's essentially a a funnel through which a channel through which our prayers can reach. Hashem. Shlomo goes through different instances when people will uh, pray to Hashem, will direct their prayers to the Beis HaMikdash, through the Beis HaMikdash to Hashem. That's uh, during war, uh, as when people are held captive, during times of famine and plague. And Shlomo asks Hashem to listen to these prayers. His prayer now is that Hashem should hear these prayers and should answer these prayers. And it's quite striking because to me, this seems like a tremendous shift in focus uh, away from what we would expect, and that is a focus on karbanos, on sacrificial offerings. Shlomo, in the course of this parak, gives many thousands of karbanos, but that's during the ceremonies that bookend the parak. However, in the description of the function of the base hamikdash, right now in the core, when he's when he's praying, and and in, in a certain respect, kind of giving the mission statement of the base hamikdash. Karbanos are basically absent. We tend to think that Karbanos are the bread and butter of the Beis HaMikdash, and yet they're not here. Instead, what's given the pride of place is prayer. Shlomo, time and again, is focusing on the fact that this is the place where our prayers are going to be channeled, and through the Beis HaMikdash, they will be received. So it seems that we have almost a, a, a contrast being developed between Shlomo's vision for the Beis HaMikdash and uh, the vision that is put forth in the Torah for the Mishkan. 
Even Shlomo's disclaimer that this place is, of course, not actually going to house Hashem seems like a slight repudiation of the very mission, the, the mission statement of the Mishkan, which is, Vishachanti Bisocham, and I will dwell among them. Of course, that's meant in some kind of abstract way. Even in, in, in the Torah, it's not saying that Hashem is literally dwelling in the house, but it seems like there is a, a slight pivot away from that, that, that notion, which in a certain respect is captured even in the name Mishkan, which bespeaks that same conception that it's the place of the dwelling of Hashem's presence. Maybe I'm overreading, but it strikes me that uh, Shlomo's prayer signals a, a pretty dramatic new conception for the Beis HaMikdash, even though, of course, uh, as we know, Karbanos continue to be an absolute uh, essential facet of the Beis HaMikdash, but it's, it's a pivot more towards Tefillah, um, and uh, I think there's a, there's a lot to consider there. In addition, Shlomo also highlights the importance of the Beis HaMikdash as a uh, as a as the seat of the Beistin, as a as a means of delivering justice to the people. And he also uh, focuses on the way in which the Beis HaMikdash will serve as a hub for all nations of the world to connect to Hashem, a uniquely universal vision put forth by Shlomo, which we've treated at some length in uh, in previous podcasts. After this very rich, lengthy prayer, uh, which also serves as, as I said, the kind of mission statement for this Beis HaMikdash, Shlomo then actually blesses the nation here in, uh, in this unit of the Perak. We actually get a very beautiful uh, prayer uh, blessing, uh, of blessing the nation. And then that's followed by a celebratory ceremony uh, with many karbanos being given and a 14-day celebration that in part uh, corresponds to the celebration of the holiday of Sukkot, the holiday of Sukkot. The relationship between the inauguration of the Beis HaMikdash and the holiday of Sukkot is actually a very deep one, but uh, not one that I'm going to explore today. I'll leave that for you to consider the convergence of Sukkot and the inauguration of the Beis HaMikdash, a very, very powerful uh, convergence and coincidence. Um, not a coincidence in the sense that it was not intended, but coincidence as in they coincide. Um, I'll leave, as I said, that for you to consider. That's it for today. Chazak ve'ematz and happy learning.